Hello and welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange, our series of conversations with the artists, labels and promoters shaping the electronic music landscape. My name's Mark Smith and I'm the tech editor at Resident Advisor. This week's exchange is with Busy P. The man-born Pedro Winter had a front-row seat as French dance music became a globally influential force. He was Daft Punk's manager when they released Homework and Discovery, the albums which made them into the superstars we know today. Then he founded Ed Banger Records, an imprint whose anything-goes mashup of disco, metal, hip-hop, electro and much else besides helped turn a generation onto dance music and greatly influenced the EDM boom in America. But his roots as a DJ stretch back to the 90s, and he's lived through numerous cycles of hype and bust. And with Ed Banger Records celebrating its 100th release, we had Antoine Carboneau check in with Winter to hear its full story. As always, you can find our full archive of exchanges at residentadvisor.net and follow us on SoundCloud at ra-exchange. The exchange with Busy P is up next. going out a lot first in rage like early 90s and then discovering more the club scene with the Laurent Garnier and the Rex uh, wake up on, on the Thursday night and maybe because I'm tall and I, I'm, I'm, I got a big smile and speaking with uh, everybody and maybe I, because I was uh, spending a lot of time in the record store or also at the time like uh, Radio FG was really really important for, the, for, the, for this culture uh, this is where we were hearing where to go to, you know, to get the bus to go to this rave or to another one. And uh, most of the DJs were going to FG at the time. And this is where I connect. For example, I met uh, guys from Motorbase at uh, Radio FG and um, met the Daft Punk boys too. Uh, you know, Paris is a small uh, town, you know, so it's... And when you have a, a, a same passion for, for culture or for music, you can easily meet most of the... The people involved, and um, so I, I've I've thrown those parties for one year, and then um, Daft Punk came to DJ. One day I had a lunch with Thomas, and uh, he told me that they were working on their first album, Homework, and they will need a guy to help them. You know, like a right hand man. Let's say it was it wasn't about managing. I didn't know how to manage a band. You know, I was 21 years old, didn't know anything about music business. Um, so I was just there to help them to reply to the faxes. At the time, it wasn't even email. So maybe some listeners who don't even know what is a fax, but uh, it was 
crazy because we were at the really like a revolutionary time you know like uh, the internet uh, arrival uh, makes our life uh, way easier when you started working with the, the daft punk i guess uh, thomas father helped you a bit daniel vanguard was a, a key uh, player in the french music industry did you did you work with him did he gave you advice Yeah, it's true that uh, Thomas Fazer uh, was a very good help. I think he is even like a kind of a teacher for me. Uh, he was backing up what what we were doing. He was giving advice, of course, to his son, but he was also giving advice to the to the band and to the people who were working on, on the project. So, yeah, he knew about it, uh, and uh, he was uh, involved in the you know like the big French disco uh, boom back in the 70s, So he knows about music business more than anyone. And um, yeah, it was a good, uh, a good teacher. Do you remember specific advice he gave you? Uh, specific advice, uh, yeah, there are plenty. But the, the, I, I, even though he was giving advices, I think Thomas and Giman already, you know, by their own character, knew what they wanted to do, and most important, what they didn't want to do. And this is the key, and the, the kind of not the secret, but the recipe of Daft Punk. You know, everybody wants to be number one. Everybody wants to set record. Everybody wants to tour. Everybody wants everything. Daft Punk. You know, they knew what they didn't want to do. And like what? Like didn't, they didn't want to play the you know the celebrity game. They didn't want to play too much with the media and the, and this thing. And they wanted to really uh, push the music first and um, and see the the reaction yeah and and i think to when you look at today's um, you know result i think they did a pretty good move you know um, they are the biggest band on the on the planet and they can jump in a train or go buy some bread and no one will you know hassle them or anything you know so and um, and i think they they manage you know to give um, power to the ima imagery or the image of uh, you know the the record and the music which sometimes can sound a bit bad because sometimes you say oh yeah but let's the music only speak and um, this is uh, is still uh, important today you know for for justice or for headbanger in in general and uh, and i think the daft punk boys started it uh, pretty well like investing you know most of their money into the videos into the um, the live show of course And um, so, yeah, so it, it was a, a great time. And what was the feeling when you started to receive uh, hundreds and hundreds of faxes every day? What was the... I didn't think too much. You know, we were like, again, we were young, so it was just a good dynamic and it was a exciting time, you know. Um, and at that time, you know, uh, we, it was the beginning of, you know, flying to Tokyo, to New York, to, you know, tra traveling that much. Now we are a bit more used to it, but... Uh, 20 years ago for a French you know band to get attention from all around the world like that and, tra and travel that far and uh, it, it wasn't uh, something uh, very common so so it was just uh, I don't know like uh, ex exciting and uh, and I think we were enjoying it uh, as much as possible by working hard also by proposing stuff uh, all the time uh, and and make a great project and um, And when you look at back at, at their career now, you can salute and realize that uh, you know they, they, they created uh, like a, a piece of art, whether you like or, or not uh, Daft Punk. They are they are pretty much like a you know a very respect uh, band 
like uh, Radiohead or like uh, you know. Um, so that's 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 pretty amazing. I feel I feel pretty lucky hein, to have been uh, close and work with them that like that. But it's good also, you know, like uh, life is a uh, multiple chapter, and um, I only have a good souvenir and. Uh, But it's, I'm, I'm happy today to have Edbanger as a, as a new you know, project. Just to continue a bit on Daft Punk, when you look at their career nowadays and how they, they make their choices and everything, everything seems to be in control. But when, you, when we hear you talking about the, the beginnings, it looks like it was a pretty euphoric time. How much thinking was involved into the... The, the beginning of but the you can, you can you can enjoy time and and think i i didn't say that the everything was uh, crazy and uh, of course everything was like you know like the first they are smart you know so that's that's a good start and uh, after that of course every every decision was um, you know like uh, we had brainstorm and we were not alone we you know we were working with virgin record at the time so we had a team we had a um, people to 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 speak with and exchange and 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 write plans you know like um it's um control you know sometimes it can can people can you know get scared about this world this world you know but uh control stuff is more like um talking about daft punk it's it's a very good um you know they they were uh fully uh, aware of what they were doing uh, fully aware about their choices and again they you know like um, when you look at the result today it, it was a pretty good uh, move to know what they wanted to do etc then what was your plan when you started headbanger because it was like uh, not the label first it was like the headbanger entertainment yeah the managing company oh, that I, like i've been so at the beginning i was working uh, with daft punk and then few bands starting to call me to to work with me and i i, I started to work you know like the the, the, the first artist I, i work with after daft punk was dj medi uh, then cosmo vitelli then cassius so few other artists and i quickly realized to be honest that um, the way i was working with daft punk wasn't a good move for the other artists you know like uh, there is only one way to work uh, with a band like that so i quickly moved to you know like it, it was like two three years of managing other bands and the result was not that good i have to admit so in 2003 when i started at banger uh, it wasn't a plan at all i think inside of me i wanted to create my own project Um, Thomas and Guy Manuel had their own uh, label, Roulé and Cri d'Amour. So maybe again, I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure it's that, but maybe inside of me, I wanted to 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 create my own uh, label. I understand that I probably wanted to also run my own business. Uh, being part of the Daft Punk adventure was again amazing, but it wasn't my project. And when I started to work with them, Daft Punk was already. You know, like famous, not even famous, but they 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 already had like the funk on the Soma and uh, Alive, the funk and uh, Indo Silver Club on Soma. So they released already three EPs, and I felt I wanted to create something from scratch, and this is what happened with uh, Ed Banger. With a Mr. Flash release. Yes, uh, Mr. Flash came to my office, uh, to this office, in fact, and uh, he, he wanted me to be his manager. At the time, he was more like a hip hop producer. He was producing French band TTC, and uh, he was more like kind of the I, 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 I used to call him the French LP, you know, from Def Jux. He was like really more like an alternative uh, hip hop producer. But I wasn't interested in managing him. You know, at that time, I was 
working for Daft Punk and also with DJ Medi and it was enough but he played me Radar Rider and, and I felt in love with that track and even today I played it the other day um, to Mike D from the Beastie Boys and he was like wow I, he didn't know about that song and he, he loved it and there is a, a DJ Shadow twist in it and I think um, and something very cinema, cinematographic also in the, in the music for some reason at that time it was all about like a French touch, you know, filter the disco house and stuff like that. And I, I decided to launch a label with something that was completely opposite to that. And it's like a instrumental hip hop beat. And uh, yeah, without any plan, without any goal, without any um, concept behind it, you know, it was just, okay, let's, let's put out this record. I'm going to see, you know, how it's going to be. And few people know, but the B side of that, uh, of that uh, Mr. Flash record is a song from uh, well, is a track from uh, Philips Dar from Motorbase Cassius and I stole uh, a dat uh, from his studio and and uh, I had this uh, electro beats called Fist and uh, I liked it so it's a good uh, it's a beautiful record when I'm looking at it again and then the second record uh, was the Justice Remix which was meant for like a remix contest organized by a local uh, radio station in France right exactly uh, at the time like it was the first album of Simian the English band a French radio started a, a contest to remix Never Be Alone and uh, Justice lost and I met the Justice boys probably like a month after this contest In fact, it's Somi, the art director of the label, who introduced me to them. And uh, after the dinner, they invite me to their bedroom and, and Gaspar played me uh, uh, Never Be Alone. And um, I loved it immediately. I, I, will n I can't say that I will knew that they will become such a successful band and such important in my life. But uh, I felt the song was uh, exciting and amazing and fresh and um, maybe got all those ingredients that... Uh, people wanted to hear at that time um, a mix of, you know, like, of course, uh, um, you know, funky music, you know, with this uh, really French touch funky bass, you know, for example, but also with this kind of indie uh, singer from from uh, from London, uh, uh, Simian, those kind of electro uh, beats. So it was a mix of all this and... Um, And I take no credit for anything, you know, just I was, I was there at the right time and, uh, you know, they, they did the, the magic and uh, maybe my only good work at that time was to push them and take them with me traveling all around the world and introduce them. And uh, it went, uh, well, like I went, it went pretty fast. It took a few years, you know, to build, you know, just this career, you know. Uh, I, I, I really insist on them to make a lot of remixes. I think it was a good um, good school. You know, Never Be Alone was probably their second or third track they did together in the, in the studio. So um, even when I, uh, when I had dinner with them, at that time they were graphic designers. So they were making music for fun. They didn't even know it would become their life. When did you start uh, thinking of Justice as a band and working on the concept and the imagery and everything? 2003 was the release and you know we we get a call from DJL from Gigolo Record maybe a year or two after the release on Headbanger so we started to think oh okay if if these kind of people uh, are interested wants to license it you know for Germany and make it pretty big in Germany okay so maybe it should be a bit serious and then when they started to make remixes they, they started to have their own sound very quickly they are very you know their own uh, production skills 
because again they are like really smart guys so were you in the studio when they were like uh, building their signature sound yeah, uh, the, yeah because we built we built their studio in a in the, in a basement you know we took them from their bedroom to a proper studio like to a proper to a proper cave which became a studio but uh, yeah i uh, i think they've learned their um, production skill at the same time they were making their uh, their, their their record you know the studio they had in their bedroom and the studio they have today is like a, a, there is a big big gap you know but uh, we started to they, they st in fact they decided uh, to 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 become a real band like pretty quickly uh, uh, when they started to tour and uh, so we, i will say like uh, after two or three years um, justice was definitely their main project rather than thinking of the about doing a graphic design and do you remember the kind of conversation you had back then about the the, the concept, the sound? Uh, no, no, uh, not like I mean, not especially. I, I, all I remember is that you know we were like uh, Xavier, Gaspar, Somi. Somi has always been like the third member of Justice, let's say, and uh, and his his advice were really important. I think the whole graphic, you know, the whole idea about playing with the heavy metal codes and bring it together with like a more, uh, you know, electro thing um, was something we can really credit him for that. And um, and after that, the sound itself, uh, it's it's really their, uh, their uh, recipe and their magic, you know. Um, at the time, you know, I was really calling it like a heavy metal disco. And they, they like, you know, like the heavy metal imagery. They even like heavy metal music itself. And um, I have to admit, when they play me Waters of Nazareth for the first time, I was a bit skeptical, let's say. And, uh, you know, like it was, um, yeah, kind of a Giorgio Moroder and Slayer, uh, you know, uh, clashing together. So I had to play it again to really understand. And, um, and from that, I think uh, the... Uh, the energy they managed to do uh, on the on the first album was really the sound uh, people wanted to you know uh, stage dive in clubs uh, you know uh, and again it's it's again a story I I, I know I, I told you this a bit earlier um, about bringing people together but again you know what I think what I've done in 1996 in clubs Justice did it again in 2006 with um, 2007 sorry for the first album Cross. You had like a, again like a, the pitchfork and the fader and you know all all the people you know who are not supposed to get together sometimes and and it was an interesting time but again feel pretty lucky to be there at the right time uh, you know at the right place at the right time. Also, a key club uh, was in Paris at that time, the Social Club, yes. which uh, which is uh, strongly associated to the story of the the label. That's kind of your home base in Paris. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's very important. I think, the, you know, like for all, all genre of music, you know, like uh, Trezor in Berlin or uh, uh, Twilo in New York or, uh, you know, Madame Jojo's in London or your Ministry of Sound in London or The End in London, depend of the, the, your age, but um, uh, you always associate a club to a label or to a, or, or to a genre of, of music. And... Uh, for us at that time, it's true that Social Club was really the, the club that was uh, pushing the French artists. And the energy was, you know, like was fitting, you know, the sound we were, we were doing. So besides Paris, uh, the, you got a really nice reaction for your sound in the US as well. Were you expecting that? I don't expect anything, you know, like we are just doing things for ourselves. And after that, you know, if, if we can share it to the world and get, 
you know good feedback it's it's uh, it just uh, you know like uh, makes life uh, even better but uh, we, you know again uh, we don't make much plan we don't uh, um, so getting the the good feedback from the US um, was great because this is a country we love uh, this is a country that uh, influence uh, most of us you know like uh, Detroit techno house from Chicago or garage from New York this is where it's coming from you know so even though like the early days you know French touch embrace those style and spit it their way and created like in the mid 90s French touch it's funny to see that 10 years later 2006 or 2007 what we were doing, which was called the French Touch 2.0, like the, the the new kids from Paris, reinvent a new style, and this style influence what later became EDM or whatever. What and that's you know that's a, a cycle thing. So um, that that's funny and that's always of course interesting to to you know to to play and meet uh, American artists. Uh, we we can speak about it for hours about like the you know like again the remix of a remix of a remix but uh, right now it's a it's a bit scary that what's what is happening in the you know on the electronic market in the US for example but we can't complain about that you know like me I I, I don't I, you know I'm not a judge you know to say it's good or bad but uh, it's true that um, it's becoming a bit uh, a, a bit crazy what's your what's your take on EDM I don't have I don't have any take on EDM except that um, some so, some of the success stories are, are are pretty impressive. You know, when you look at Skrillex, for example, I know him personally, and I know he has amazing production skills. So you can't take that off from him. After that, seeing him play uh, for one hour is like you know like really there is a crazy energy that you will never see anywhere else and this again you can just credit it for them you you can't for that you can't um, make fun out of it so but it's it's a, it's a, it's really like a, something that belongs to america you know like this there is kind of a, you know in europe we are not familiar with a spring break or stuff like that so it's part edm is like really part of the youth culture of america so it, it's something that we can't really understand here in europe uh, we can experiment it, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, to go and, and, you know, feeling it and discovering it. But of course, personally, you know, it doesn't influence me, doesn't touch me, doesn't uh, interest me that much. Um, it's, an, it's, an, it's another scene, exactly like uh, the Bear Game or Panorama uh, techno uh, uh, thing is, is another genre that, you know, uh, uh, its own genre, you know, like... Uh, and um, and in the middle of this, there is us. There is plenty of other people, and uh, and and that's cool like that. You know, like um, there is a space for uh, uh, for everybody, um, except for example when I'm, I'm because I'm laughing a little bit talking about Bergheim or Panorama. I have probably more uh, connection with what the DJ are playing at Panorama than what people are playing at uh, Ultra or. EDC or all those EDM uh, festivals, but this is also something more personal about you know electronic culture and stuff like that. So I managed to 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 say to speak about Panorama and Bergheim in in an EDM discussion, and I played Bergheim. How was it? That was fun. That was fun. We played with. What did you play? Techno. Oh, what what do you play? You can't if you know you you play techno at Bergheim. This is well. I played techno and the Beastie Boys and the bouncers and the bartender came to 
say thank you to me. So that was a pretty, I, I played like the 6, 9, 6 a.m., 9 a.m. slot. And it was in 2009, I think. And it was uh, what, 9 or 10. Oh, I don't know. I have to find out the date. But it was the first time Bergame tried to invite something from another galaxy. And they promised not to do it any, anymore. <laughs> not because of us, huh, but because of, uh, of their policy. But we had a good night. It was Breakboat, DJ Mehdi and myself. And um, that was pretty funny. But uh, I have way better souvenirs in clubs from Tokyo or from other... It was, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, I love the fantasy about, you know, uh, this whole uh, Berlin uh, nightlife, but I, I'm, I'm having more fun in, in, in Shibuya. And the, the Berlin nightlife, as you, as you said, uh, influenced a lot the, the Parisian scene in the, the last years, which were kind of a, a reaction to the social, social club years. How did you uh, perceive uh, this uh, new generation, new trend? Uh, I don't, uh, to be honest, uh, yeah, it's cool, uh, it's cool, it's great, uh, amazing that they are copying uh, Berlin, Paris pretending they are Berlin, uh, Paris uh, wanted to go back to 1992, uh, doing raves in the suburb, amazing. That's how you say it. No, I'm, I'm kind of kidding, but what, what do you want me to say? Like, uh, it's, it's sad, you know, like, uh, you know, if they, you know, Berlin is Berlin. And, and if you guys want to party like in Berlin, jump in a train, jump in the car, take a bus, you know. Me, I took bus to go to Mayday hein, I, when I was younger. And Mayday was a fucking uh, big thing at the time. So I'm, ju I'm, I'm just laughing because you're, you're saying it's like a, a reaction to, to, to the social club. This is, a, this is a promoter talk, you know, like this is a, the, when you, I'm sure when you're speaking to the kids, they don't care about what social club was or, you know, like it's just a, a little uh, fight from, from few promoters, which I'm not part of, you know, like I'm, it just make me smile. And uh, I think... Uh, We are stronger by creating our own things and um, we are good in, again, mixing people together. I think we've been fighting all those years to break boundaries and especially, in, you know, especially talking about electronic music, you know, where I, I think we have, we are lucky to have open ears, you know, getting experiments, you know, When you listen at the, you know, UK dubstep or, or jungle, or you can go far in, in the experiment, experimentation, and but at the same time, still, you know, um, mixing the genre together, and now you have like really the techno heads on one side. The even the gay scene now is completely disconnected to the house scene in Paris, which is uh, terrible because again, the best parties we had in our life was, you know, um, uh, the, the, the gay crowd uh, mixing with the young uh, French guys. And, and now you have the, the gay on one side, the techno on the other one, the whatever on the one other side, it's the hip hop going only on the, in the hip hop side. And I, I'm, I'm a bit sad about that. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that we should always, you know, play hip hop, techno, whatever together. I, I'm, I'm of course, Uh, up to to spend like a techno night or, or house night, but um, I think it's it's been divided um, uh, a lot. I don't, I don't want to sound like a, an old man because I'm I'm still here and uh, I'm, I have a lot of project. But I think those who are reacting, as you said, to the social club years, I'm waiting for you guys to. I can't wait to read the the your story. You know, I can't wait to to see what you're gonna do. 
And if you want me to be a bit uh, nasty, I didn't read anything yet. You know, like no one really impressed me. You, you don't have any, uh, there's no any producer you've been uh, into uh, for the past year. There's no French producer? I mean, from the French scene, yeah. Help me. You help me. Resident advisor. No, I'm asking you. I'm I'm, I'm, and me, I'm asking you. You help me because, yeah, I don't. Yeah. You want me to look at the next uh, big French music festival? Look at the lineup. Kerry Chandler. Okay. Super. Uh, Laurent Garnier. Yes. You know, like, I mean, Nina Kravitz. Wow. And when I'm saying that, I'm not making fun of those great producers, you know, like, uh, but it just, again, you know, like, uh, if you want to react, if you want to, you know, create your own things, um, you have to, to give it uh, a lot of energy and it takes time. It takes uh, passion, patience, love. And uh, I love to see, I, I really, I, I, must, I must say that I love to watch Bambunu DJing. Uh, not only for his music, but for the the vibe he's, he's throwing. But again, it's a bit easy, you know, to throw Bambunu name, you know, like he's, 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 he's been the one a bit out of the, you know. There are so many stuff to to say about, you know, like... Uh, but among the, the recent uh, producer, you artists you signed on uh, El Bunger. Mm -hmm. So why did you, why were you interested in about them? What, in Borussia? Like Borussia, for Borussia instance. I sang Borussia because of the, the first about his production skills. I think the sound he has for such a young producer and a young producer working with, a, with really a small uh, equipped uh, studio. Is impressive, you know, like, uh, and um, and I I I was glad, I think, uh, to 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 singing uh, so quickly. I was even more happy when Wazo, for example, who, who doesn't like anything, called me and say, "Man, who is this young producer? You know, the the the, the sound is is amazing." So coming from Mr. Wazo, with someone I I, I really love, uh, makes me even more happy uh, for this new signature. And I think he he has like a Uh, how sound uh, like something modern again I'm, I'm saying that because when I was mentioning Kerry Chandler for example earlier I'm so happy and you know like when I'm looking at uh, DJ Pierre and Ron Trent becoming uh, number one in the resident advisor uh, top uh, list I can only be happy you know because I've, I've been buying their records you know since 1995 so it's amazing that at last those guys you know um, Are, uh, are back on the map, you know, but I didn't stop to buy Masters at Work, Masters at Work record when no one cares, you know, you know, you look at uh, uh, Masters at Work uh, five, six years ago, they were in zero festivals, you know, now, it, now it's for the last couple of years, it, they, they are back and, and it's amazing and I, I love, you know, the heritage, I love the culture, I love, you know, and I know about, you know, our electronic music, but also it's important uh, for young producers and, for example, for Borussia to propose something a bit more modern, you know, and uh, in terms of production too, you know. Uh, I sang Borussia simply for my, uh, my, uh, my love of house music and same for Boston Bun. It was uh, something similar, even though in terms of production they have complete two complete different sound but the, the their love for house music and the way they are spitting it in 2017 is 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 interesting and um, and i want ed banger to be part of the house scene and i want ed banger to be relevant 
you know, in 2017. So what's no, the sound of Ed Banger in 2017? Well, there is no... If you put words on it. The sound of Ed Banger in 2017, um, it's going to sound a bit pretentious, but um, maybe... Uh, what people sometimes are mistaken by calling Ed Banger sound by thinking about like Mr. Wazo or Justice stuck in 2009, you know, distortion and stuff. Uh, the sound of Ed Banger is, is, uh, is a style itself, you know, and uh, when you're going to play the, the Ed Rec 100 compilation, I hope you're going to be surprised. I hope you're going to be moved and realize that... Um, You can have one sound, you can have one label and being a multiple, uh, you know, uh, multiple proposition. You know, the, the last signature of the label is a band called Dyslexic and no one will imagine this band will sign to Ed Banger. And we are the only one who get excited and, 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 um, and get, uh, in, you know, inspired by uh, singing this band. You know, it's a, a punk rock band with a, an African singer on the paper You, you don't sing it to Ed Banger. And because the energy was good, the project was, was uh, crazy, we wanted to be part of, of this. And I think it fits, you know, uh, it reminds me, uh, you know, like ESG or Liquid Liquid or the early days of the Beastie Boys. This is part of our DNA, you know, and um, so of course I sang this band. But at the same time, I grew up in, in, in clubs in love with uh, house music. So of course I'm going to sing Borussia and Boston Bun. Uh, I'm in love with uh, French disco. Of course, we're going to sing Breakboat, you know, and uh, uh, I, I've been listening to, to hip hop all my life and working with DJ Medi was like just uh, uh, the, 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 the best thing that could happen to the label. And when I'm looking at 2006, when we released uh, Lucky Boy, the, f the first ever album we released on Ed Banger from DJ Medi, It's pretty tells everything uh, I wanted to do with Ed Banger, you know, again, like a mixing genre, proposing something that mm, kind of no one heard before, you know, like a, a hip hop artist making an electronic uh, music uh, album for the club, but not only some of the beats on the record are waiting for people to, to rap on it or whatever, but... Uh, And it's, this record still makes sense today. So I, I, I believe, and maybe it's, again, maybe it's a bit pretentious to, to say that, but maybe we are slowly but surely creating a headbanger sound, you know, like, uh, and which will uh, embrace all of, of this together. Uh, and to be a good player also, Um, I can, of course, understand sometimes the, the, some critics, you know, like, oh, you're, you're stuck, stuck into a noisy or, you know, banging sound it's part of the game we were famous because of that and thanks to Sebastian uh, Wazo and Justice but if people don't you know go deeper and listen to Mr. Flash or to Mickey Moonlight or DJ Feeds I'm not gonna fight you know we are making proposition you know it's part of the game you know like uh, for example talking about Feeds I think he's one of the, the, the best DJ around and his um, career you know he's taking so much time he's been DJing for more than 15, 15 years 20 years now and uh, his album was, was brilliant but uh, people were expecting you know uh, some more uh, justice or whatever and the one who could be you know excited by Feeds Uh, they, were, they were stuck uh, somewhere else, I don't know, like uh, into the, the UK scene or whatever, while they could be in love with, with Feeds. Same for Mickey Moonlight. I think we have we released a brilliant album from this uh, English producer. Again, I can understand the Ed Banger fan don't really get, you know, the sonara or the, you know, like the, 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 the trippy vibe of, the, of, this, of this record. But uh, 
you know sometimes it, it you you need to take some time to to listen to some records to you know we we were uh, i remember like 2007 2008 2009 label of the year you know accelerator uh, the fader pitchfork all those uh, stuff and of course you can't be like that you know all your life and it's it's a cycle but i must say like for the last for for, for year, since a year there is a bit of a nostalgia which makes me uh, happy like oh the people were like oh 10 years ago i grew up with that banger and you were my op my entrance to electronic music this makes me proud and happy you know if we are even though those kids are going now to whatever uh, other genre more techno or stuff like that in a way they are coming back home and say oh okay wow the new uh, justice album is different than what we we listen to and oh you you have this new kid borussia oh you have this and um, the label is 14 years old and uh, it's a long journey and i can't wait you know to to celebrate the 20 years anniversary of ed banger but now we are celebrating the 100 <laughs> and now we are celebrating the 100 release Are you still searching for new artists? Yeah, I'm always I'm always listening to 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 stuff. You know, uh, first I'm a DJ, so I'm, I'm 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 I get my ears open. You know, uh, sang new artists. At the moment, we have already like 14 artists on the label, so I think it's enough for us. You know, to to keep going and work. You know, on on, on the project. You know, especially. More than half of them are still, you know, developing artists, so it takes time. We've been releasing like uh, Wazo, Breakboat, Justice, Cassius, a lot of big albums for us. So now we're going to release um, more uh, upcoming stuff. And of course, we have a new Sebastian record uh, in, the, in the pipe. So um, we're going to be busy for the next year or two. Justice is going to go on tour. Yeah, it's going it's to be exciting. So Ed Bunker is obviously uh, known uh, for his uh, music, the sound, but also for the, the covers that were that are made by uh, Somi. How did you how do you collaborate on this uh, part? Somi got the the full uh, control of the visuals. You know, like he, I, I think I probably refused two covers only from him, and the rest of the time he has total control and total freedom. And um, I often speak about you know the. Uh, Tony Wilson and Peter Saville relationship for Factory Records or James Lavelle and Futura 2000 for Mowax at the time. I think I was influenced by those um, duos, you know, because I, 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 I'm more into collective adventure. I, 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 again, I'm, I'm not taking any personal credit uh, for the, the, the success of Ed Banger or for the artist. And I think the, the, the relationship I had with, uh, with Somi, um, again, fits perfectly what you know i wanted to uh, to show with the label and he's um, coming from the you know the street art uh, thing you know graffiti but also is is you know adding a lot of uh, pop culture you know he's a big fan of uh, tom vesselman for example and, uh, and um, there is um, you know he has a, a very smart mind and uh, i think from the label he's the he has the biggest music culture And I think all this makes his work a very uh, good point for, for, the, for the label. So I believe and I hope we are proposing good music and good records and, and great producers and adding it with a strong image and st strong concept makes the, the, the label exciting and, and why we are celebrating, you know, like 14 years in a pretty good uh, 
else, you know, like, um, because that's important also for people to understand that uh, we are still independent, we are an independent label and um, the money we, g we get from the success of justice or stuff like that, we're putting back the money to invest in, you know, smaller projects, you know, like feeds or dyslexic or stuff like that. I'm not a very good businessman, but I, I think I'm a pretty good family man. And you've done a lot of merchandising as well. Not that much, in fact, that not not enough to to make money out of it. Uh, to be honest, um, merchandising is also a way to have fun with you know. As again, as you can see in the office, of course, it's a podcast, so people can't get images. But uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm 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 coming from the skateboard culture and from you know was born in the '70s, so image object you know, are important to us. So the way we are doing t-shirts, you know, with, with Ed Banger is more uh, a way to, to have fun with, with, you know, and wear our own stuff rather than making a business plan, you know, like if we wanted to make money with our t-shirt, let me tell you, we will be better and we, we should be better. In fact, now you're making, making you think, make me think we should be better at making merchandising. We'll make millions. Is there, is there like a, one object that you probably you pretty proud of it that you oh here I mean oh, like oh. I, I mean from the merchandising or you you've done a few promo stunt as well you've been pretty creative in this way I think I've just seen when I entered the, the room you've just done like a headbanger flipper oh the pinball the pinball yeah yeah oh the that's the kind of stuff that you like to do and that is also strongly associated <coughs> yeah, no, to headbanger. We like, you know, like, uh, uh, we, we, you know, we just did a, a pair of headphones with this Danish amazing company, III. Uh, we've, we've designed some Nikes. We, you know, like, uh, we did some skateboards. We did, um, I, I don't want people to think uh, the money behind this, the business side of it, I don't care. You know, like, I'm just happy, you know, Nike, we didn't get any money out of it, you know, but it was just amazing to rock your own pair of shoes, you know, the, the pinball cost me 2000 euros to make it, you know, and uh, if we sell it, you know, we'll, we'll make a charity or something out of it. But, you know, we are just making it the concept. Somi came up with the concept for the compilation with a pinball and he did a, a record sleeve like a pinball. And I, first thing I told him, I said, man, I'm going to make your pinball for real. And we, we, we did it with the, we, with the team. But uh, it just, uh, for example, we are doing T-shirt with the pinball design, but we are making 100 T-shirts. So it will cost me more money to make them than, you know, so uh, it's, it's, it's just, you know, part of the global adventure. You know, we, we, we like, we, of course, we are music label, but aside of that, you know, we, we are living in a, in a modern world uh, where kids are asking for t-shirts, kids are asking for, you know, they, they, they want to, they want to, yeah, they want to own, they want to be part of, of it, you know, and often, you know, I, I, people, I'm, this is not me saying that, but uh, a lot of people sometimes, oh, Ed Banger is a, a way of life more than a, a music label, you know, and uh, I kind of like it, you know, um, it's a general uh, philosophy um, of uh, sharing and being part of, of uh, a movement, you know, uh, and you've been saying a few times that you were doing stuff for the, the kids. Is this the way you you sing at Bunger, like a, a label for youth? Definitely. The, yeah, of course, I'm speaking to the youth. I'm 42 years old. I'm, I'm feeling pretty fresh. You know, I'm not. It's true that I'm using the word kids, but um, I think it's a bit pretentious to say, oh, I'm making music for the people older than 30, you know, and I don't want 
to have parties where we see only people of 30 or 40 years old, you know, and, uh, and ask Laurent Garnier, he will tell you the same, you know, this is the most uh, um, depressed thing, you know, to do a party with, uh, you know, f f 30 or 35 years old people looking at you like, oh, yeah, oh, is this the, you know, like, uh, is, he, is he playing the basic channel uh, 002 or, you know? This will be the most boring uh, thing. So of course we are making mu music for the kids to party, um, and uh, I'm happy also to be in the middle of the kids uh, when I'm seeing again Laurent Garnier at Sonar in Barcelona. It was uh, it was uh, an amazing time. So when you're going to concrete or to you know uh, I played the Peacock last year, um, crowd is young, you know, and uh, and uh, I think maybe. Uh, us as a bit older, as a big brother, uh, we have to share, you know, our knowledge and our passion to with them, but in a positive way, you know, like, uh, and and this is what I'm trying to do when I'm DJing, when when I'm trying to do when I'm doing radio shows, when I'm doing playlists or stuff like that. My goal, in fact, as a DJ, is to be um, a guide, but not to teach them or tell them what to listen. Seeing what we have done for the last 20 years, maybe you know, trusting, you know. Uh, And again, I'm, I'm really impressed by the work of Laurent Garnier, which was like a, 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 not a teacher. I know he will not like it uh, as this, but uh, someone that you trust, Giles Peterson, uh, people like that, you know. Uh, those guys opened my ears, and in a way, I, I, I know that we opened a few years too.
знаю.